So as we all know, Matt has been gone for his vacation. I think he's ever had in eight years. Um, I'm glad he is because we need a rested pastor with his family. So uh, today we have a guest speaker with us. Her name is Jean-Marie Jobs. So she is a wife of John Jobs. And um, she just finished with a book, author, teacher, trainer, mother, grandmother, wife. And uh, the best thing I love about uh, Jean-Marie is that she, she's known as a lighthouse. Always, she has hope in her words, um, has stood through many, many battles. I've known her for, how long have you been married? 25. Okay, known for about 25 years. And uh, so I, without saying it, you could Google her on Gap Community so you know all the fancy stuff about her. But today I introduce you to a mighty woman of God and a friend, Jean Marie Jobs. Thank you. Uh, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. Uh, I've, it's really an honor to be here. I know um, Pastor Matt's on vacation, and I'm so glad because we all need vacations, and we don't always take them, so <laughs> that's great. I, uh, my husband and I, our home church is up in Santa Rosa, so not too far away. I'd like to pray this morning before I begin with the word I believe God has uh, given me for, for now. So, Lord Jesus, we do thank you for this beautiful new day, Lord, your intention in this day, God. Lord, I ask that in this moment that you would quicken your voice to our hearts, to our ears, Lord, you know, that you would open the dimension, Lord, of the Spirit and help us to see what can only be seen Lord, with the eyes of the supernatural, God. God, I thank you for your abundance and your grace and your mercy and your love. Lord, allow it to flow in us and through us and back out into this world and bring your healing and your hope in Jesus' name. Amen. So the, uh, the word I have this morning is about abundance. So I, I was really excited to hear uh, that that is a way that your community is known in the larger community with that spirit of generosity and abundance. And I, uh, I returned, let's see, last month, I just got back from Africa on Thursday night, so... There's going to be some pauses, maybe, while my brain catches up. But uh, last month, I was in the Philippines, and uh, I had this, the privilege there of doing some training with two different children's homes, um, high school, college age, uh, youth. And one thing that really stood out to me in, in this conversation of, uh, of abundance um, was the difference between, if you will, the cultures in the two different children's homes. Uh, this, the first one, first of all, the Philippines is quite a Catholic country, and I grew up Catholic, so I love nuns, and I got to talk to nuns for two weeks, so that was kind of fun for me. Some of you may have different experiences with nuns. Um, mine were mostly pretty good. <laughs> 
Um, but Sister Myra, this little sister who ran the, one of the homes, and she was very, very intentional uh, with the children about choice and responsibility and about giving yourself. And so the way that the youth participated in these training sessions that we did was was pretty distinct from maybe other places. And what was interesting to me is a lot of these uh, children come off the street, they're rescued, their parents have died, some of them are orphans. And she's just very clear that you are gonna participate here, you're gonna bring yourself to the party in a sense, uh, or you can just go back and be where you were. It's like, wow, all right. <laughs> so, but with that, not in a punitive way, even though I know it maybe sounds punitive, but the way that she uh, communicated it was a call to greatness. It was a call to them to step out and to step into something that was possible. And it reminded me of any of us at any time recognizing that the value of life isn't necessarily in what we have. It's more in the way we choose to hold it, the way we choose to bring it to bear in our relationships or our situations or our circumstances, whether it's the giving of uh, finances or time or care, really whatever it is, it's an opportunity to notice how do I how do I relate to it? How do I think about whatever it is that I call mine? And I'd like to look at a couple of scriptures this morning. And you can follow along on your phone or there's Bibles around. And of course, where is this one? Hmm, must have deleted the reference. Anyhow, you can't follow along with the first one. But I'm gonna read it anyhow. <laughs> and this is this, um, Solomon and Queen Sheba. When the Queen of Sheba heard about the fame of Solomon and his relationship to the Lord, she came to test Solomon with hard questions. Arriving at Jerusalem with a very great caravan, the camels carrying spices and large quantities of gold and precious stones, she came to Solomon and talked with him about all that she had on her mind. Solomon answered all of her questions. Nothing was too hard for the king to explain to her. When the queen of Sheba saw all the wisdom of Solomon and the palace he had built, the food on his table, the seating of the officials, the attending servants and their robes, cupbearers, burnt offerings, and the temple of the Lord, she was overwhelmed. And she said to the king, the report that I heard in my own country about your achievements and your wisdom is true. But I did not believe these things until I came and saw them with my own eyes. Indeed, not even half of what was told to me in wisdom and wealth. You have far exceeded the report that I've heard and how happy your people must be. Praise be to the Lord your God who has delighted in you and placed you on this throne. Because of the Lord's eternal love for Israel, he has made you king to maintain justice and righteousness. And she gave the king 120 talents of gold, large quantities of spices, and precious stones. Okay, we'll pause there for a second. So this is, a, to me, this is, speaks of abundance. She hears about him from pretty far away, about 2,200 miles to be exact, and the, his reputation 
for generosity and for abundance drew her to test him. And as a result of what she saw, she gave. Now, 120 talents of gold, spices, precious stones, if we're gonna translate that into today's uh, money, that's about $88 million. She was serious. She was serious about her giving, about what she saw, and, and being both blessed and inspired and encouraged to give back. The trip that she took, probably, if it just straight shot, maybe about three months by a camel, um, because she heard of his wisdom and his love for the God of Israel. See, the way that Solomon related to his abundance made the news, in a sense. It made the news that the news of the way he handled it went way far beyond. What would it be like if someone showed up at your door and said, I just drove up from San Diego because I heard about your attitude towards abundance. I heard about that, your reputation towards generosity and abundance, and I, I really wanted to test it and learn from you. Wouldn't that be awesome? I mean, what would that be like? I mean, this is essentially what happened here. Now, let's, I'm gonna look at another example. This one you can follow. It's out of 2 Samuel 18, 24. On that day, Gad went to David and said to him, go up and build an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Haruna the Jebusite. So David went up as the Lord commanded him through God. When Aruna looked and saw the king and his officials coming towards him, he went out and bowed down to the king with his face to the ground. Aruna said, why has my lord the king come to his servant? To buy your threshing floor, David answered, so I can build an altar to the Lord that the plague on the people may be stopped. Aruna said to David, let the Lord the king take whatever he wishes and offer it up. Here are oxen for your burnt offerings. Here are the threshing sledges, oak, the ox yokes for the wood. Your majesty, I give all of this to you. And Aruna said, may the Lord your God accept you. But the king replied, no, I insist on paying for it. I will not sacrifice to the Lord, my God, burnt offerings that cost me nothing. So David paid him 50 pieces of silver for the threshing floor and the oxen. Isn't that so interesting? Now David's the king. So by rights, he could have just taken what was offered. That wouldn't have been unusual, that wouldn't have been out of the norm. But David is offered something for free, but see, as an expression of his own heart towards God, he wants to pay for it. He sees the value of his own investment as part of his offering to the Lord, like a sign of honor. Now, I would say, generally speaking, in our culture, we tend to give out of convenience. Yes or no? We tend to give out a convenience in, in, instead of an expression of honor or of sacrifice. So this, just ask yourself, how would you like someone to give to you? 
what would bless you? How would you like someone to, to be with you? Would you like them to give out of duty? Out of something that doesn't really matter to them? Something they're not gonna miss? Uh, when I was in Zambia last week, I was with a bunch of uh, ch young children, maybe uh, grade school, high school age, and at one point we were in this little village and there was a soccer game about to start, and so the kids invited the team to come watch the soccer game, it's a big deal. And so we're walking down this alley and I'm following these two young boys uh, that I believe were brothers, and I noticed as I was walking with them that they only had one pair of shoes between them and one had on the left and the other had on the right. Seriously, I was watching him like, and I thought, wow, that's an expression of abundance. Because <laughs> it's not about what you have, right? It's about the way that's your heart towards it, the way that you're relating to it. I mean, what is your attitude in any way, financially, financial giving towards the church even? Does it seem like, you know, leaving a tip at a restaurant? That was pretty good. That sermon, let me just, you know, let me just drop that in. Um, or do you have more of an investment mindset? Like, hey, we're part of a team. We are building something together. We're invested. We're, we're creating something as a community. Most people don't really like to talk about finances. And I promise I didn't come to talk about finances, but it's just in the mix here with this conversation. When I was talking to Sister Myra, she was telling me that at the particular home we were at, which, is, which was kind of large, that when the nuns retire, uh, they still live at the home. Um, they just don't do their regular jobs anymore. Some of them get older, they don't do their regular jobs. And, and she says, but you know what they have is the ministry of presence. Tell me about that. <laughs> she said, yeah, they, they, and I saw so many of these beautiful older nuns just kind of walking through the halls and they'd wander in when we were doing things with the kids and, and just love on them and talk to them. And I thought, that is such a beautiful and abundant expression. The ministry of presence. Now, can you even imagine having a ministry of presence with a stingy attitude? with a resistant or hard-hearted attitude. It wouldn't really work out very well. Because, see, abundance is a, is a spiritual state. It's not a physical one. It can get translated, but really it's, it's an attitude. It's the way that we relate to, think about what we have and our authority in him. I'm gonna say that abundance is in your spirit spiritual DNA. Do you know you have spiritual DNA? Just like you have natural DNA. And sometimes we agree with our spiritual DNA. We agree with who we are in the spirit. And hey, sometimes we don't agree. And it's not about your finances or your time or your heart, but it is. Because the way that we invest our time, the way that we spend our finances, are direct reflections of our heart towards God and others, whether we like it or not, whether it's uncomfortable to talk about or not. 
Now maybe you do give of your uh, time and resource. Sounds like a lot of people do, which is awesome. And yet, are living in disobedience in some area from what you know God is calling you to. Consider the words of the prophet Samuel in 1 Samuel 15, 22. What is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. This is not an either or conversation, this is an and, generous and obedient. Maybe obedience and generosity go together, maybe? Yes? So think about uh, money as resource, time as resource, presence as resource. The discipline of being presence requires something from us. And I know I, for myself, uh, there are times I'd rather not be present, frankly. I'd rather be somewhere else in my head, fixing something, imagining something, <laughs> reliving something and uh, this morning I was thinking how whatever is going on wherever whatever struggle you're in whatever heartache whatever um, disappointment or betrayal that there is abundance possible in it and I know this is how this occurred to me this morning uh, my father passed away about a month ago and I have been asking the Lord, like, what does it look like to grieve with an abundant spirit? Not to, because my tendency, what I would like to do is just go away, frankly. I just want to check out. I just want to be like, nope, that's fine. Okay, we're good. We did that. And not stay present to what is actually happening in the moment, whenever it happens, because guess what? I don't get to control it. And I really typically do not like things I can't control, frankly. <laughs> and maybe you're like me this morning. And so I, I just invite you into the same inquiry that I'm in around those things that we would rather um, judge or resist or withhold, and what would abundance having an abundant spirit or heart look like even in those situations, in those circumstances, in those places where, oh man, I, I can't control it and I don't know what it's gonna look like and I really want to and I still, no one gave me the, you know, the cliff notes. I'm not sure, I'm not sure. And you've probably heard multiple times, take a look at your checking account and you'll see exactly what's important to you. What plays a, a feature role, right? What stands out? Now this is a great discipline. And honestly, every time I do it, it's humbling and convicting at the same time. Uh, apparently I really like myself based on this. And I like, uh, I like makeup and I like to go out to dinner. <laughs> and when I look at it, I'm like, oh, well, there's a lot of things you like. Not, no judgment about it. I just interesting to notice and to ask myself uh, my attitude towards all the things. 
Ultimately, our giving, our generosity of heart in any area is a direct reflection of our trust in God. Those things are connected. It's just a snapshot of our attitude ultimately towards him. Because contrary to popular belief, it's not about you. And it's not about me. It's about him. And everything is a reflection of this relationship. And this relationship is very powerfully reflected in this relationship, whether we like that or not. So what's the attitude? Do I, do I consider myself an heir, a son or a daughter? Am I co-laboring with God and with my brothers and sisters to build something in my community that reaches people that don't know Jesus, that sustains, that edifies, that builds up those who do? Or do I consider myself at some level orphaned? I don't trust. I, I have to rely on myself. Every little thing I get, I have to, I have to hold on to to keep or to hoard because I'm not really sure that God's going to show up in the next moment. Am I alone in my own mind, fending for myself? Or can I see with my spiritual DNA who I actually am? Do I have the willingness, the eyes, the trust to see that? It's all our attitude, all attitude of heart. Do I live into the authority I have as a son or a daughter of the king? Which is an abundant attitude that brings abundance with it. Or not. Proverbs 11, 24 and 25 says it this way. Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper, and those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. I invite you this morning just to ask yourself the question, where am I holding back in my life? Where is it? In what area is God calling me to give, to be generous, but maybe I talk myself out of it? with conversations about what's reasonable or justifications or things that I'm doing or not doing. And this is not about money. This is about your attitude. This is about care. Maybe the area you're holding back is the willingness to forgive, to extend forgiveness, to extend grace. Ask yourself this morning, God, show me. Let him speak to you this morning. We serve a God that speaks to us, yes? Let him speak to you this morning. Be willing to hear whatever specifically he might have to say to you about attitude and about abundance. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 15 says, Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your own heart now 
how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. And then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So two good things result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. As a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God. For your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ and they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given to you. Thank God for this gift, too wonderful for words. This is discipleship. Right? This is sonship. This is a daughtership or daughterhood, where you say it. And it's a, it's a continual opportunity in the moment to ask yourself, where am I resisting or where might I be withholding? It could be with some truth that God has given you to share. It could be uh, with an encouragement. It could be in any, any way, in any way. How often do you uh, hold back something you have to say because you're afraid of how it might look or how you might look? Oh, I don't want to look weak. Oh, I don't want to appear maybe judgmental. Oh, I don't want to da-da-da-da-da. But you know that there's a prompting and you know that God is inviting you to take a step, right? To take a step out in faith. It's an attitude, right? An attitude of abundance. Do you have the generosity of spirit to give out of the reality of God's abundance? of his perspective, of his reality. Not yours, not mine, but his. Jesus did. Jesus did. Jesus was here and at the same time was looking at life through the spiritual dimension. Because he only did what he heard the Father say, yeah? So every act was an act of generosity. Every act was an act of abundance because that is the, the nature of God. So on the night he was betrayed, notice what happened. He gave. On the night he was betrayed, he gave. He gave the cup, he gave the bread, his body and blood, abundant and generous. Now, I was reading this and I thought, if I knew I was about to be betrayed, killed, my best friends were gonna pretend they didn't even know me, I might opt for some me time, really. I might just opt for, I don't know, a little self-care, 
maybe massage, some quiet time, get me away from these people who are all about to betray me. I don't know that I would be so willing, naturally, to be that generous. Really. I would, in my own scarcity, would want something just to, okay, I gotta help me cope with all this betrayal that's about to come my way and all this suffering. But see, God's economy is so different from ours. It's so different. Sometimes we think, oh, if I give anything, I'll be left with less or nothing. And if I give everything, well, I'm left out. But God's like, no, 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 no. You got it backwards. Give it all, and it all will be given. Because God's economy is so through the looking glass compared to ours. See, Jesus knew what was coming, and he gave. He gave of his time. He gave of his presence. And ultimately, his very life. And he asked us to remember him in this act that we call communion, right? This coming together, this participative act that acknowledges his generosity and his heart for us, his sacrificial love. We commune with him in the partaking of the bread and the cup. Now this morning, as we prepare to receive and partake, we break bread. We break bread in remembrance of Jesus, who offered his body up as a living sacrifice. And we have the cup in remembrance of the blood of this new covenant this new covenant that got rid of this idea that you have to perform and check boxes. This new covenant that invites us into a new type of relationship that is so generous and abundant that we get to commune with God himself. We practice open table here, so as we break, this bread, this is easier when you're not holding a mic, I think. Okay, as we break this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim his death and resurrection until he comes again. So let me pray for communion. I'm gonna have the band come back up and then at the end of the prayer, if you would like to receive, please come. Have a cube of the bread, you can dip it in the cup. Lord Jesus, we do thank you and acknowledge you for your generous heart towards us, Lord. God, you didn't have to do a thing. You chose every step of the way, Lord. God, thank you. Thank you for this gift that reminds us of who you are that reminds us to live with an attitude of generosity and abundance and faith even in the midst of betrayal and suffering and loss you are so so good to us Lord. we 
receive this this morning in your name.